0: Welcome to Mind the Resilience. I am your host Ramki. Today we have a special guest, Charlie McLean Bristol, joining us from UK. Charlie is a renowned figure in business continuity, having founded two successful companies in the field. He established Plan B Consulting, a leading consultancy and business continuity training, a platform empowering professionals. As an accomplished author, Charlie shares his expertise through insightful book on business continuity and crisis management. In our conversation, we'll explore Charlie's motivations, the key principles of business continuity, common challenges organizations face in crisis, emerging trends, and the future of the business continuity discipline. Get ready to gain valuable insights on building resilience. Hello and welcome to Mind the Resilience, podcast. Uh, We have uh, Charlie today. Charlie, how are you?
1: Brilliant. Very well today. Thank you.
0: Charlie, thank you so much for accepting my invite and being on my show. It's a pleasure having you here, Charlie. Uh, Before we start our conversation on resilience, would you like to introduce yourself, give us a brief background about you and uh, your experiences, and also, also like if you can share your any hobbies that you have or anything interesting apart from your uh, professional work?
1: All right, so I'm Charlie McLean Bristol. I'm a director and founder of um, Plan B Consulting, so that's my main main job. My own background was, maybe we we'll can talk about it a bit later, later on, but mainly um, came from the army mm-hmm. and then went into emergency planning at Anglin Water and then Business Mm. Continuity at Scottish Power. Mm. And then I founded primary consulting um, 17 years ago. Mm. Um, I sort of my claim to fame, I'm from the west coast of Scotland. So I was Mm. brought up on a small island of 200 people Mm. and and in a 14th century or 13th century castle so right. which my father had gone back and restored that was an old family castle but was derelict when my father um, bought right. it and in hobbies and things um, I still play a bit of rugby okay my wife keeps on saying I'm too old to do it mm-hmm. but um, I keep trying and I play a bit of squash as well so those are the main things I do
0: right as we speak I have a, a hunch that it's it's raining in in wherever you are in Scotland is it right
1: um just finish it's in between showers (laughs) i'm pretty sure
0: yes exactly because uh, i know that uh, very well because i was there in uh, scotland for two three years and i exactly know the climate there so yeah uh, beautiful country good people and um, great food as well uh, charlie so thank you again for uh, joining my podcast it's a pleasure having you here so we'll start our conversations yeah um right so uh you said that you have been an entrepreneur or you have been running a business business continuity company called plan b consulting right so can you tell us what led you to establish your business continuity company plan b consulting what were the driving factors or the events that inspired you to start your uh, plan b consulting and what was the vision that you had when you started uh with that charlie like and and if if someone is looking forward to like you know if you want to start a new career as an as an entrepreneur what advice would you give can you elaborate more on your journey uh, as as an entrepreneur
1: all right um yes yeah, so, so basically i came out to uh, came out to school um university and i was also going to the army so I went into mm-hmm. the army and um I did five years, and you always say in the army you've either got to get out before you're 30 or stay until you're 55. So I've mm. actually been out both ways now. Um, <laughs> and um, so I came out of the army, and I was looking around for an interesting job, and I mm. just there wasn't anything that just couldn't be. And I saw this job, emergency planning. So this was about mm-hmm. 1995, mm. and this was really um, in the UK when there was the there was number of rail crashes, number of train crashes, lottery, mm. lots of disasters, and people were starting to plan for emergencies. And I saw this job for Angley and Wharton. It said 10 years experience, mm. chemical stroke engineering degree, and I had two days experience and a degree in history. Mm. And I was young and enthusiastic, and so they gave me the job. Mm. And my predecessor spent the last 10 years they just said, my predecessor spent about three or four years basically planning for post-nuclear disasters because that was mm-hmm. like the civil emergencies. Mm-hmm. And my job was to plan for. Um, plan for if a village didn't have water or we had contaminated Mm. water or sewage flooding. That was my job. And no one really knew what this job was. So they said, Charlie, just go off and do it. I had an absolutely brilliant time for eight years. Mm. Emergency plan, did lots of stuff, got lots of plans there. And by the end of eight years, we were were recognized as the best in the industry of water in the UK. Mm. So I then got a job with Scottish Power. And a business continuity, because I worked out that um, in Anglian Water, I had the best job in the water industry, the best paid job. Mm-hmm. So um, I need to do something else. And I saw this business continuity, and that was better paid. So mm-hmm. I went into the business continuity side, Scottish Power, and I found out fairly quickly that... Angling water was great because I was working for myself as like an internal consultant. So no one really Mm. said, as long as I did stuff, nobody really monitored me Mm. when Scottish power it's very corporate and we had to roll out business continuity. So they weren't, um, it was very much, you know, this is you, you have your bosses here. You had, I had one member of staff under me and it was quite constricting. Mm. So I thought, I didn't really enjoy that. I rather enjoyed mm-hmm. the bit of working working. So I went and joined a consultancy for a year, learned a bit of the consultancy trade, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a falling out. But we just I wasn't gelling with this consultancy. So I joined another consultancy, and basically, actually, just in a just in a coffee shop down the road, the guy made me redundant. Oh, Do <laughs> me, you know, yeah. doing that. I've always worked in corporate life. You know, I've always had that paycheck coming yes. in. so. Last refuge is a scoundrel. All else fails in life, you have to work for yourself. Yes. Right. So I managed, I was really lucky, I managed to get a contracting job that was Mm -hmm. quite well paid in retrospect, Hmm. um, down in London for nine months. And um, I used to live with my mother-in-law. So (laughs) my mother-in-law looked after me during the week. And then um, I worked there for nine months. And then I -hmm. started getting my own jobs, Mm. and once I got one job I got another job and I luckily had worked for this other consultancy beforehand so Mm. I kind of knew a bit because when you start your own company, you don't really know how the money stuff works. Exactly. You, you know you need to get paid and you know you need to you get charged for your time. But how do you do that? How does mm. that all work? Mm. So I luckily learned a bit of that trade through my previous consultancy. So mm. I knew kind of a little bit of what to do. So mm. I started the company and really, you know, I was... Always been interested in the sort of the technical stuff, the business continuity, the delivery. Mm. And so, you know, the idea was almost like it was a vehicle for me to be able to continue that, but be my own boss and have a little bit yeah. of freedom, a bit like I had an Angling Water without the sort of pressure of, Oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. Mm. I hate being told what to do. Mm. So um, so started the company and not really sure there wasn't ever a vision of what to do apart from maybe to kind of be as best as you can in the industry, to try and do as much as you can. So mm. we've just developed that. We took in our first employer, employee because we were getting a bit more work than we could probably do ourselves. Mm. And there's never been the really model of associates mm. because, you know, to be blunt to associates, I think they have no risk and they demand lots of money. So, <laughs> so and you know, I take all the risk yeah. and, um you know, it's difficult to take enough money off the top of them to make to make that model. So we needed employees, but I didn't know what to do with an employee. What do you do with the employee? What can you get them to do? What can't you get to do? How do you work it? How do you do it all day? Yeah. So we learned how to do employees. Mm-hmm. Over the time, so we just built it up slowly over time. Mm. It's really funny being in that being in the business quite a long time, you really see companies. So within 17 years, you really see companies wax and wane. So, SunGuard was the big thing, there was a whole yes. lot of stuff came off of Y2K, there was consultancies flare and then disappear, flare yes. and disappear. Mm. Um, I remember going to the Business Continuity Institute, and there was, um and you can see that it's for two or three years, there's always business continuity. Business continuity software was the thing, and then it was mm-hmm. consulting, and then it was Everbridge, and all those kind of um, correct um, notifications things. Yes, and it's a, it's a bit back to I can't even think what it's back to, but it changes. So, so there was no really definite vision. Mm-hmm. basically to to not go bankrupt and to mm. try and do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit the vision. Yeah. Uh, it's reasonably hard. It has some dicey times, but mm. you know, that's something like, you know, sure. is it sort of like forty percent, fifty percent of small businesses go bust within five years. So yes. five seventeen. So, you know, you do a good job. Mm. try and get paid for it or get paid for it you know it's not that difficult a business but it's mm. doing a good job make sure you do a good job make sure your staff do a good job mm. so that is a rather long history of how i ended up
0: No, what a story charlie absolutely amazing to hear uh, your perspective um I want to ask you, like, if there is a budding entrepreneur, uh, maybe out of college or looking forward to move on uh, from his or her, uh, you know, the employer based jobs, what advice would you give? Is the path to entrepreneurship is so sexy? And, uh, you know, like they, they all portray is a money motivation factor for you? Or, Um, what do you think is someone who can start his entrepreneurship? What is that, that the mistakes that he or she shouldn't do, which you are aware of and uh, you want to share with my audience?
1: I think there there is two things. First of all, I think you'll never become a unicorn doing consultancy. Okay. Because Hmm. the business continuity and crisis management, all things like that is quite niche. So Hmm. there is a limited market for it. Hmm. And also with consultancy, there's always that you know what was it Uber or one of these companies can have like seven employees and have a, mm. you know, hundreds of millions of turnover. Right. You know, if you want to have a billion turnover, you'd probably have to have 20,000 staff. Correct. So the scale up in turn, the scale up is not doesn't really work. If you're purely mm. interested in money, do something with software or something like that. If you're interested in a building a business, you know, lots of people go self-employed and that's a reasonable life. But you're always, the problem is about being a contractor like that. Hmm. You know, all right, you can make a reasonable day rate, but you're hmm. never part of the team. So when Correct. you have a kind of away day or stuff, you know, people say, well, why don't we taking you? Because we'll have to pay for you. So don't come. more. Hmm. You know, exactly. So you're never part of the team. You know, if you have a lifestyle where you actually perhaps want to work six months and then you can go off and travel the world, yeah. well, that's great. Because mm-hmm. you know, some of what we do, some of the cyber stuff, some of the business continuity stuff, you can earn decent money. So if you mm-hmm. live quite frugally, you can mm-hmm. pay for the rest of the year. I mm-hmm. think it's more difficult to in the company because of those economies of scale. Mm-hmm. But I think if you want to work for yourself, you like that a little bit prestige of doing and being, mm-hmm. being running a being a running Mm -hmm. a a company Mm -hmm. and i think if you want to be a sort of player within the marketplace and be taken seriously Mm -hmm. then you know run it running your own company there i think the secret is not to spend too much money on the setup you know yeah you've got a laptop and you've got a wi-fi that's all you need you know you can back off all the back office stuff. You can always outsource, yeah. so you don't need to take any staff to that. There's plenty of people who do that, so that's quite good. You can almost outsource the marketing, but hmm. our our attempts at outsourcing marketing and bring two three marketing companies we've had have been pretty poor. Yeah, I a much better job just doing part time <laughs> myself. So um, yeah. So okay. so don't spend lots of money setting okay. it up. Do it frugally and build mm-hmm. it up slowly. But you never make your fortune. Yeah. You make a reasonable uh, sum. You can sell your company. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you're never, go, you're, never going to, you're never going to be the next Bill Gates.
0: Absolutely. Got, got it, uh, Charlie. Like good, um, good answer, I would say. Okay. But my follow-up question to you is, after your success of Plan B Consulting, you started another business continuity company, uh, kind of a business continuity training company. So what prompted you to venture into the starting the new business continuity company, you know, after your success with Plan B Consulting and, yeah. and what unique value does the training brings uh, to the industry from your perspective?
1: I think, it, yeah, so, so basically the model of consultancy, the bit of the problem with consultancy is you spend a lot of time and effort winning a job. Mm. Now, sometimes it would be quite nice to say, I've just won this £10,000 job. Um, Storeman, go and deliver 10,000 widgets to that company (laughs) over there and you get paid. Yes. You slightly get those feelings and the bigger the job, the kind of feeling, right, we spend a lot of time and emotional effort winning this, £100,000, £50,000, spend a lot of time and effort winning this. Mm. And now you've got to deliver it. Mm. Absolutely. So that's just the so selling is just the beginning, and yes. you have then this long tail which you know I've got to travel there, but do that. I, 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 we all love that because we wouldn't do it. We didn't, of did. course. But it, it is a little bit of that. Would it be just easier to tell the get there? So the idea of a training company is to say, why can't you make money when you're sleeping? Because actually, if you have a nice website and you have your training on the website, then people will book on your training and they'll pay you. You can be asleep. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to sell them anything. You don't need to talk to them. Passive income. Yeah, passive income. If only it was that easy. (laughs) So, So there was the idea. And my brother was running um, a training company and he had teaching agents of foreign language. And this is mm. a thing that you go into schools and you give them a three or four day course and then give them a kind of qualification which enables them to go abroad and mm. and do that. So it was a really big thing about, oh, about 10, 15 years ago. So he had this mm. training company. And mm. I said, look, I know business continuity. You know how to do training because you quickly realise with training, you need to have... You need, to get, you need to put on courses. People won't book on if you don't have courses. Mm. If you then get two people book on the course, you either run the course at a loss, mm-hmm. and it's not a great experience for people, mm. or you cancel the course and then you lose credibility mm. And because no one's coming to your course if you keep canceling courses. Mm. So there has to be, to get us the training up and going, it's not as easy just putting on a few courses on the website and mm. hopefully they will come. And the also other thing that we did there to get around some of that problem was to do BCI, Business County Institute franchise courses. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was a course that people recognise and then can go on it. And what's interesting about those courses, I can write courses to my heart's content. I've written a couple of courses that the BCI has adopted, mm-hmm. but people want on the whole branded courses rather yes. than a Charlie special. Correct. So, so we we sell the BCI courses. So it's been quite a good model because my brother runs the, the the back office and has the staff and mm. gets the tutors, and I help get the tutors because you need decent people in the industry. Mm. And I help look at the courses and help write some of the courses. So we work it really. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go into partner with someone, it, it, it's like a marriage. Hmm. maybe without the that some of the other things you get in management. <laughs> as you get older, and something, some of that things doesn't actually happen anyway. But <laughs> but, say, but but the point is to say, at least if you're doing work with your brother, you know where to find if he runs off with all the money. Mm. So, so you know, it, it's quite nice doing business with your family and it gives us a talk, to talk to each other, it gives us yeah. a lot to get together and have some fun. So yeah. it's quite nice to do, do business with the family. But the the is good. You know, we've got to pay then the BCI, the joy the of fee. courses yeah. to do the royalties. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the charge fee, so they make less money on that. Mm. And also one of the things we have learned over time is lots of people in business continuity world do training. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all deliver, if we're in the business continuity, we all deliver training, we deliver as part. But actually delivering formal courses with an exam... It's really quite hard. Mm. And we've had some really big names in this business who are top people written books, um, flagships of the industry, mm. and we've sacked them as tutors because they're not very good. Understood. So, you know, it, it is quite, and we've got some absolutely cracking um, tutor tutors on, on our site at the moment. But, mm. you know, they are really quite hard to find. The BCI flagship course, the four-day course, mm. is, you know lots of people tried it not that many people can succeed in it so mm-hmm. finding tutors and that that sort of thing is is reasonably difficult to find good people understood uh, the whole of life finding good people is, um, is difficult. It's, it's, yes it
0: is it is charlie I, I was expecting a complete different answer like you know you would say that i like, you know i'm passionate about training and you know i want to do that but you spoke from your heart you just said that like you know I want, to, I want to have a passive income uh, on top of my consultancy, which is what driven you to the training, which is absolutely okay to know and uh, go for it. I mean, good answer and a very uh, true and honest answer I could see from your uh, thoughts, uh, Charlie. I-,
1: I, think, I think personally and all that they said, I'm passionate about the, the business country, the crisis management, and, and it's also, I think if you can train if you understand something you can train it correct and so i do a lot of blogging and you know i write my blog and it goes out weekly to about 4000 4000 people i don't know if i suspect 4000 people don't read it <laughs> my mother occasionally reads it if she yeah. think it looks interesting but yeah. but i think sometimes blogging um, um, you know, doing podcasts, whatever, whatever, sometimes it can be almost as much for yourself because actually there's certain times I've set myself a subject to so say, actually, I don't really know very much about this. Mm-hmm. I said myself, uh, I did something for the BCI the other day where it was, um, if you sell software, if you buy software as a service, what checks should you do in a software as a service company? Because I don't know what checks you should do on a, a normal type mm. supplier and get the mm. business continuity plan and ask them for their exercises but as a software as a service provider what do mm. you do you know Microsoft 365 you're using software as a service I presume here yeah so what, what do you do with them and then I'd actually got to go out to do the research and work mm. out actually what do you do and the answer was actually, not an awful lot you can do. Exactly. But, at least if you, but, you know, I had to go out and, and, and research those things. So you have, I, I think part of the, this stuff you share with people is learning for yourself as well as mm. learning, learn, learning good for point. other people as well.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point, Charlie. Um, I want to also ask you about your another passion, I believe, which is writing books. What motivated you to start writing and uh, sharing your expertise through books on, especially on business continuity and uh, crisis management? And what impact do you hope to achieve by sharing your expertise via writing these books, uh, Charlie?
1: I think I, I think there's sort of two or three things going on there. My dad's written eight books and mm-hmm. he's writing books on... Um, hebridean genealogy so all about who's who in the hebrides for the last thousand years so he's got our ancestry back to a thousand years okay so i never need to be having interest in ancestry because he's written it all already so (laughs) um so 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 he's written books i think don't they always say it all of us have a book in us or I always yeah. liked a book. It's yes. a kind of slightly a bit of prestige, oh, I've written a book. So yeah. that thing. And actually, I kind of worked out there is a little bit of snobbery now in who published. If you self-publish it, well, that's fine. That's <laughs> you've a good book. And you, you know, you've done it. If you self-publish it, it's different to having, a, you know, a middle-ranking mm. publisher to having, you know, one of the top publishers. That. Yeah. So that there is... I and mean, what, what I felt really strongly is that in business continuity, mm-hmm. most companies will do their annual exercise. So you try them yes. along, they do their annual exercise, they do the three, three hours, everyone's happy, everyone's happy. And um, they come back the next year and they've not really progressed. They don't really yes. go anywhere because a year later, you've forgotten what exactly to do. Correct. So the whole concept of my book was to do short exercises and, and everything in the book can be done under an hour. Mm. and the idea was if you do exercises more often mm-hmm. then you'll actually get better or you can use these exercises to fill in the space that you wouldn't have the right. rest of the year because mm. from a senior manager all right they'll do the two to three hours but you won't get the second two to the three hours Correct. But you might get a second 45 minutes mm. you might get 45 minutes there just before the after you're a management team, give us an hour after your management team. Come on, you need some right relief, bit of fun, bit of exercises. Let's yeah. do something in forty-five minutes, and so you can sell it on to you can mm. sell it on to them there. So that that was the concept because, and it was also with the with the with the idea if you're a beginning in business continuity. Not that many people get the chance or get the experience to do big hefty exercises because. It's, you can do a little exercise, your business continuity yeah. manager, but often the the board, you know, you can't go and tell the MD he's useless, and unless <laughs> you really got that personality and you can get away with it, yeah. with understanding CEO. So sometimes even the kind of experienced people don't get the chance to do exercises. So yes. The concept of the book was to say if you're a beginner, there's some sp- there's something called speed exercising there, which I could set up a speed exercise. I could entertain 50, 60 people mm-hmm. for an hour with five minutes with five minutes prep. Mm. That's a good exercise. If you're a beginner there and you're starting away, well, that's a really good exercise. Give yourself credibility. Very simple to run. Don't need very many props. Mm-hmm. Don't need much Preparation, but it's a really powerful exercise. It gets a really good outcome. So mm. there's lots of things. Another exercise we do is called Outside Now. Mm. We typically do it. If you're having a training day, mm. you typically do it, and everyone's sitting in the classroom going, Oh, yeah. Oh, oh we're some today. Yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> interesting. Oh, playing with a phone. And we say, Right, right. Um, do an introduction. Right. Five hours going to Get out of the building. Yeah. Fi' has <laughs> gone out the building now, yeah, tramp down the stairs, stand outside. I wouldn't do it in the rain, but it, especially if it's cold, it works yeah. Really well yeah right. you're standing here. there's four hundred people behind you. You're the person in charge or you're the senior management team. They're beginning to get cold. What are you going to do? buildings some yeah. fire?
0: Uh, yes, put them on the under spot. There. yeah.
1: And they suddenly, you find out within business continuity, the sunny penny drops and say, yeah. it's not about BI. Well, it's just about BIAs, but it's not yeah. about BIAs writing no. plans. It's about you standing with 400 people Correct. out there with a building burning down, your yeah. livelihoods just gone in that. And no. those people are freezing. Yeah. And actually, it's in a park where everything else is closed Correct. and they're getting cold because they've just yeah. gone out in their shirts yeah. in the midwinter because that's what you're told to do. Yeah. And so, correct, some of those things, practical exercises like mm-hmm. that and i 've seen people who've done that exercise, and when they 've gone out the file and i 've seen this they had their mm-hmm. coats on it, the computer they nearly had the they nearly had the filing cabinet under their arm because mm-hmm. they know. They're not going to get back in, and there's a fire. <laughs> and they need to continue on their business, or so their business continuity manager. They've got right. all their plants and everything else, their battle box yeah. and everything else, to go. So you know, right? They yeah. remember.
0: Sure. So to summarize, um, what is the name of the books that you have written, uh, Charlie? And what I'm going to do well, is, I'll also put the links of your book in my show notes, uh, you know, so that people can refer yeah. and see. Can you just uh, walk us through what are all the books it's that you've short,
1: written? It's just the one business continuity exercises, short exercises to validate your plan.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: And Charlie McLean Bristol. If it's about genealogy, if it's about Hebridean history, that's not the one. <laughs> I'm the Charlie McLean Bristol. That's the Nicholas McLean Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so for my
0: audience, please be careful and I'll put the right link in my show notes. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> right. Um, so Charlie, let's move forward to a completely different context here. I want to talk more on the business continuity side of it, right? So um, yeah. I want to ask you uh, with your experiences, whatever you have seen, what are the key principles and best practices of the business continuity management that you have found to be most effective in your experience? And if you want to quote an example that's absolutely fine or any case study that you want to share like you know which is a, which is absolutely required to have from from a bcm perspective anything on that
1: i i think it is it's all about i think business continuity there's a process we all know there's a process yes i think the key thing to me is about the sustainability of it hmm. it's so often we see we put in start companies 3 years ago and we tell them Tell them at the beginning and try and say, right, who's going to do this once you once we've gone? You know, mm. how are you going to sustain it? Where are you going to do for it? And some a mm. lot quite a lot of people will say, I will do it once we're finished, once we know what it is. Mm. And then some poor person has not a clue says, Your business continuity management and business war. Um, other times we'll get the person to to come in with us and come through the process, so that works it out well. But I think people don't often think this is not a kind of once around the loop and then it's finished. This is an mm. ongoing process Correct. and you need to give people, you had to have the right person or the right person and support to deliver it because there's so often, you know, people have started it, people have done a bit, and, you know, often with business continuity, it's not like if you're a salesperson, you can tell within two months the salesperson's useless they don't sell anything. Mm. You know, if you're a business continuity manager, you can go 10 years and mm. you make the right noises, you change the front of the, 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 the plans, and as long as you make sure that the numbers are right, then who knows whether your plans are rubbish or not yeah. until you get caught out. And then you'll find out to say, actually, you know, It wasn't very good. So that is a little bit the business continuity is that... People, um, it needs to be sustainable. It needs to be given the resource. It needs to be tons of money. But it needs to be someone whose job it is and somebody who keeps an eye on that and checks mm. on that person. And if they need to buy in support, as often mm. we do, then that's fine. Maybe you got the skills. But sometimes you find in quite a lot of organisations, they're not big enough to justify a business continuity manager. So that makes it difficult yes. because... You either expensive, or be bored. So yeah. it's that difficult middle bit, yeah. which I think you either need to outsource it, which we do for quite a lot of organisations, but you mm-hmm. still need somebody internally to do stuff because. Correct. And then, or you do a sort of hybrid where you have someone who keeps some of it, and then you have some external help. So it is, I think, sustainability, mm. and its sustainability was making sure that actually the you check that it's being done and it's just not lip service because it, you'll just waste your investment, and come back three years and find out, or it just doesn't work on the day.
0: Correct, correct, correct. Charlie, on, on similar lines, I also wanted to talk to you about the crisis management, right? As a consultant in crisis management, which is an addendum to the BCM, right? So what yeah. are all these some of the common challenges that organizations face when responding to a crisis and how to overcome them that 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 i want to ask you but also i wanted to know from your perspective right so how does leadership play uh, a role in uh, managing a crisis and leading an organizations around or you know or, or, or responding to a crisis what is your thoughts on that
1: yeah I, I think with a business concentrating crisis management, you're you're very very dependent upon people. True, and you know people. We look at Lewinsky in um, Ukraine. He was doing voice of Paddington <laughs> um, in Ukraine, and now he's president. And you know. the if you're talking about leaders, I would suspect many people you do on this sort of business games, name a leader, what characteristics he has. You mm-hmm. know, he's one of those leaders at the moment where you say, look, that's a guy who's really risen to the occasion Correct. and has placed it brilliant, brilliantly. So sometimes, you know, it is all about people. How can we have our prime minister hmm. who was well, just, there's a, a there's a parliamentary vote against him Huda, who they allegedly, to anyone's view, anyone's view, he was not telling the truth. And then how do you yeah. have a promise not telling the truth? Well, it was blatantly obvious, seems to be obvious to every, to most people that he wasn't telling the truth. So how do you have a person who believes that they're telling the truth when they're not telling the truth? Correct. Yeah, did you really believe that? So I think a lot about crisis management is about people, and often the problem mm. we have in the business continuity world, crisis management world, is... We're given who we're given. I'm not mm. greatly of the school who said actually the crisis manager or business continuity manager say, well, you know that guy's not very good or that lady's not very good. We shouldn't have them in the crisis mm. team. You know, they're in the senior mm. management team. For a reason, because they are successful obviously on the doing the day job, and they will, Mm. but because they're finance director, they'll get the crisis management team. So, I'm not very believer in saying we should exclude that person unless they Mm. tell it, but I'm not sure it's my job to do. So, you are very dependent upon people, Mm. and I think what's a really difficult thing is to say, you know, and this is um, I'm I'm thinking about doing a sort of um, a a PhD on this, Mm. is about actually if some if senior managers are only going to give you a limited time a year, is how much useful can you do with them to teach them? And what can you teach them that makes a difference? Mm-hmm. Or do you just have to lie and hopefully there'll be a Lorenzi out there who will come out and lead the uh, lead the troops to victory and, yeah. you know, be brilliant. And actually, there are some people who are just really good at that. They don't need training. They're just good at Absolutely. it on the so do, So, you know what is can we do training for them not to do doing training great believer in trying to do training, giving them processes yes. and hoping that if they follow a process, mm. then at least they they will have some decision points and things to think about. And if you give them a framework, I think that's mm. that's a good way to do it. But you are dependent on the on the team you're team you're dealt
0: and the instance.
1: With. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the instincts of the leader, like like what is his, what yeah. he's all about and uh, what is that that he's come up with, uh, what he wants for the organizations and how do you want to respond? That is something like very tough to teach to a leader. Right. So,
1: yes. And, and, and I think that leadership, I think the thing about leaders is everyone has their own style, but correct. also their style of leadership and the way they lead the company. And and the actions of the company and the communications going forth had to be in line with their brand and their brand values. Correct. If you're a very expensive, very high end brand, Rolls Royce, hmm. Chanel, one of those are top brands, you know, hmm. and then you treat your customers badly. Correct. In a in a disaster management, or you're curt with them, or you're not nice to them. Then it kind of destroys the value of your brand. Correct. Whereas your, you know, we we got a cheap airline, we got some sort of cheap airlines, and they're known not for treating their customers well. But in an incident, if they leave you stranded, well, you can say <laughs> you know their you know their reputation. They're cheap. If you paid fifty pounds for this flight, you're not going to get a private jet to take you back. They'll probably <laughs> leave you outside, thinking <laughs> you have to pay for your home. You? Correct. You know, so. Those are some of the things I think you can, in an exercise, you can make stuff mm. with and say, actually, you know, mm. the way you turn, the tone of that communication, mm. did that work? You know, you had the opportunity to take that action. You didn't, or should you have taken that action? So I think mm. there are some things you can t- you can teach them.
0: Mm. But not all, right. Superb answer, all, yeah. uh, Charlie. Um, I also wanted to ask you, um, what are all some of the emerging trends that you see in the field of uh, business continuity management? And because you have been, you you are consulting with a lot of uh, clients, right? So you should have a yeah. very high level view. And how do you see that our our business continuity discipline evolving in the future? Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think there's. I think the cyber thing has made a real. Mm, cyber true. is a threat at the moment. It, and it and it's you know, there's always been threats like natural disasters. We've got better at taming them. IT, we've got better at uh, taming IT and we have less outages and we've got lots of complicated, lots of technology, True. but cyber you know it's somebody an IT is usually a mistake and it comes out cyber there's someone definitely trying to destroy your business Correct. as' trying to extort money out of it and it's a human and it's usually quite a clever clever human as well yeah so you know this is is it almost like a warfare where the enemy is trying to attack you? Correct. Whereas in a lot of business continuity incidents, you know, yeah. you're at the mercy of the gods or the, <laughs> you know, yeah. the chance of these things happening or natural disasters. Correct. So I think cyber is something, and I don't think business continuity has really got their head around Absolutely. what to think about it. You know, mm. business continuity can help with incident management. Of course, it can help with continuity of business. Mm-hmm. But I almost think business continuity has been pushed a bit to the side and the cybers, the people of the moment. So if yeah. you're doing cyber, you get big wages and all that kind of stuff. There's an awful lot we can offer, but we haven't really come up with a, a value proposition exactly. to the cyber people to say, look, this is what we can add and actually the crisis comes the business continuity after an incident is going to be a defining moment mm. not whether you can fix or get your system up and going within 24 hours 36 hours that that's not where the battle is won the battle is won on the crisis comes whether you can keep delivering services mm. to your customers whether you tell them we haven't lost any data then two weeks later you say oh we lost all your data well mm. You know, don't say that
0: exactly, I'm with you you
1: don't know
0: you yeah, hundred percent hundred percent Charlie so,
1: but business continuity hasn't quite grasped it there isn't we haven't really true I'm sure individuals are doing it, but as a methodology, we haven't grasped it, yeah
0: true, absolutely. I'm with you completely on this because I was talking to another uh, one of my one of my guests, he said the same thing like we we aren't anywhere close. To responding to a cyber attack we there are tools and techniques and all these things but is there a plan in place is there a maturity in place for us like we we do uh for an it incident or maybe a business country natural disasters we have a robust plan but we haven't got our heads around uh the cyber attacks that's absolutely not there and even i think as an industry right the standards also has to evolve maybe uh to to look into more into how we can recover some level of analysis and uh, discussion has to happen to have some level of standard so that people can can come around and give their thoughts on that so completely agree with you charlie on that okay yeah um so with that we have come to the last section of our podcast which is the resilience quick fire charlie i'm going to throw you some questions um and uh Maybe you can answer me in brief, and you know, uh, you know, uh, as as small as possible, or as elaborate as possible. So up to you. Yeah. But I'm looking for an spontaneous and an honest, honest answer. Is that okay yeah. with you?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, let's start the resilience quickfire. One essential skill every crisis manager should possess.
1: Patience. Right. Patience, okay. because you're reliant mm-hmm. on people, and um, it's a long game. So you have to be patient. You'll not get everything done really quickly.
0: Good answer. Okay. In one word, describe the key attribute of a resilient organization.
1: I, I think commitment to resilience, they have to, they really, they have to believe in it and they have to want to do it. Otherwise mm. they'll not bother.
0: Okay. What did you say again? Sorry. What was the one word?
1: Commitment.
0: Commitment. commitment. All right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Good one. Um, the next one i think we have already discussed this what emerging trend in the field of business continuity management excites you the most
1: yeah that's the cyber stuff cyber one that's yeah okay yeah.
0: good one okay rapid response or thorough planning which one do you consider more most crucial in crisis management
1: uh, rapid response because you're always going to have to morph your requirements to to mm. to the instant who had a plan for lockdown and COVID? Nobody. So you had to make it
0: up. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> and we discussed in length with our, yeah. before our, uh, in, in our, in our, in our initial section as well, right? So about, you know, coming up with the new initiatives on, on identifying, I mean, giving them uh, scenarios that are instantaneous. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next one, share one valuable lesson you learned from a crisis or a disruptive incident you have managed.
1: I think the business continuity crisis management always has to add value. You mm. have to be able to see that when you support them, either it's on the day or in advance, it's got to add value. It can't be mm. just there for prettiness or, yeah, we've got some plans on the shelf. They have to add value.
0: Correct. With you on that. Yes. Okay. How do you see the role of technology evolving in the field of business continuity in the next five years?
1: AI is what everyone's yes. talking about yeah um, my, my, my personal jury is still like what that means to business continuity mm-hmm. but um, crisis comms, deep fakes um, fake news all that sort of stuff AI can almost hyper make it hyper accelerated so AI is going to be the big thing
0: do you think that our job is at stake because of AI?
1: I think, I think a lot of menial jobs will be at stake. So if you're, if you're doing BIAs, maybe, if you're doing writing stuff, if you're doing kind of quite unintellectual stuff where it's not an added value, I think yes. Hmm. I, I think if you're at the top end and you're interpreting and you're having to look into the future, AI can help. Brilliant AI can save you hours, days of time, but you still need to interpret what it is because it's not always mm. right and mm. it's not always better. It has mm. some great ideas, but it still needs to be your work and formulate it out. So I think it's going to, I think it's going to tease and uh, make a lot of the menial stuff mm. not need to with be you. done.
0: Correct. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, my last question. If you had to give one piece of advice to organizations starting their business continuity journey, what would it be?
1: Um, I think be enthusiastic about what you do. I always say that um, we work for eight hours a day. We spend a lot of time. We spend extra time doing it. Be enthusiastic about it. Listen to podcasts, read things, (laughs) read books, watch films about it. Be enthusiastic by profession. Mm. If you just want to sit and do a nine to five and take the money, well, fine, that's it. But (laughs) you spend a lot of your life doing that. Why not try and really embrace it, you know, you might be able to add something to this profession that Mm. nobody's ever thought of today. You may Mm. be able to improve stuff that we've done. The next generation comes on, we'll improve stuff that we've done. So be enthusiastic, enjoy it. You know, this is fun, Mm. this is interesting, and this is worthwhile, you know, this is lots of value in creating money for other people but Correct. you know you can make difference to people's lives here Correct. you know some of your plans might even save people's lives mm. so embrace this profession enjoy it be the best you can be mm. enthusiastic read about it and if you don't like it go and find another job
0: <laughs> well charlie amazing speaking to you Thank you so much for all your thought process. It was absolutely amazing. My audience are just going to go bonkers with your uh, informations that you have said. Before I end my show, Charlie, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best medium to do it and how can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, just look on the Plan B Consulting website. Okay. Um, it's uk, and you can find me on there. You can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Put Charlie McLean Bristol there in the internet, so that's okay. fine. And I must say, uh, Ranky, I must say thank you very much. I've really enjoyed. It. I've really enjoyed <laughs> this. It's a bit like a job interview, really. <laughs> you, oh my god! Yeah, you, you, you have to kind of talk about all your good stuff, but you don't. Know? <laughs> I mean, you don't go on all your bad stuff. Oh. But thank you, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed that. It's been a okay. r- really good chat, and I, I, I hope people find find that, find that useful. And anyone wants any advice or chat to me or anything, we talk. Mm-hmm. i absolutely delighted to, sure. to, help, to help them.
0: Thank you so much, Charlie. I was meant to have a podcast, not an interview. Uh, so I hope my audience are going to get a lot of value out of it. Um, but I'm going to put your uh, website details in my show notes, as well as your uh, LinkedIn profile in my show notes as well, so that they can take these conversations forward um, and then have those lovely... Um, you know, discussions with you on on various topics that you have given us today. So with that said, thank you again. Have a wonderful day. See you then. Bye.
1: Catch you later. Cheers, sir. Bye-bye.